Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. This is Don't Miss This. If you are just joining us new, welcome. So glad you're here. You'll see behind us we've got a board set up and there's a paper that we put there. You can actually get this paper as a download. It comes free in our newsletter that you can sign up. It's at um, Emily Bell Freeman, but Bell has an E on it, like Beauty and the Beast, Bell. Mm -hmm. EmilyBellFreeman.com um, slash don't miss this. Or the link's in my profile on Instagram. Yeah, and on yours? my profile okay. on Instagram. So Mr. Dave Butler. Yeah. Emily Bell Freeman on Instagram. Um, this newsletter will come out every Monday morning. It just comes straight to you with everything you need for your Come Follow Me lesson, the upcoming week to teach in your home, which is usually the week after at church. Yeah. That's kind and of if you goes. are not finding it in your email box, just search for hello at emilybellfreeman.com and that will help solve it if you, it show if you can't up. find it. Yeah, it'll be there. Okay, so okay. this week. So this week that we're talking about today is John chapter 7 through 10. So these are some great chapters. We're going to start off by, if you'll start off by looking in John chapter 7 on the study guide sheet, you'll notice we put some verses there that it, it, it's almost as if Jesus has started to do enough miracles. He started to make enough of a name for himself that now people can't ignore him anymore. I, I love that in, um, in Easter week, in the Easter week that we did on the triumphal entry, mm -hmm. when Jesus rides in. And there is this big commotion about him coming in. The question is, who is this? And people who had had an experience with him answered and said, well, this is Jesus. But that is the perfect question that I think everybody needs to answer in their own lives. At some yeah. time, who is this? Like, at this point, he almost can't be ignored. And um, there are too many people who have stories. There are too many experiences. There's too many, too many miracles. Yeah. That at this point, it's kind of like... Why do so many people follow him? Why is he different? You remember they asked the question, how come he can speak and teach with such authority? How does he know the law? So like he's so intriguing to people that um, they all want to figure out why. And it's fun as you read through seven, eight, nine, and 10, you are going to notice all these people asking, who is he? Where did he come from? Um, is he a prophet? What's he doing here? It's, it is just throughout all of these stories. We've given you a couple places to look, but there are more than just these. And not only do you see the questions, but in some places you watch either either people or other people answering <laughs> or um, he sometimes answers for himself. Like this is what I like. In 11 and 12, for example, the, the Jews are looking for him at a feast. Jesus always comes into Jerusalem for um, the feasts. And so it's a feast time, and they know he's supposed to come, and they're just asking, where is he? In verse 11. Like, we know he's here, so mm -hmm. let's just get to the bottom of this. And then there's murmuring among the people, almost like you can hear them, and they're split. And some of them are saying, he's a good man. Like, I don't know what else y'all want to say about him, but all I know mm -hmm. is he's good. And others are saying, no, he's deceiving the people. He's tricking them to get a big following. So you see that he is dividing people and they all want to know. And you hear it all throughout this chapter. Everywhere you go, you're going to watch that division and that questioning of people wanting to know who he is. And what we love about these chapters 
is instead of Jesus just gathering everyone together and saying, here, let me teach you who I am and what I'm about and all of these things, he does what he always does. And that is he's just quietly going about his business and we are gonna learn who he is through the eyes of the individuals who he touches. We won't have time to do all of them today. There are a whole bunch in here. There's the woman caught in adultery. There's the blind man, um, the leper. Um, just these one-on-one -on -one experiences, which he, he starts teaching us, if you want to know who I am, it's the same invitation as it was in John 1. And maybe, and, and maybe here's a great question that we can think about as we look at these stories. At the very end of John chapter 7, um, Nicodemus shows up. And you'll remember Nicodemus from John chapter 3, who comes to him by night. But then if you were with us during Easter week, you also find out that Nicodemus is the one who buries, who pays for the spices and gets the body of Jesus to bury him. So sometime between John 3 and the death of Jesus, Nicodemus has been won over to him. Mm -hmm. And you and, and he pops up right here in John 7, almost like you get to watch a little bit of Nicodemus's journey in figuring out you know, who he really is. And, and um, he, verse 50, Nicodemus, after they are saying to people, you're being deceived by him, Nicodemus pipes up in 50 and defends him and says, does our law judge any man before we hear him and know what he does? Why are we making a conclusion about him without listening to his words and watching his works? And then the answer back is in 52, and you love this one so I much. I love it so much. Um, the Pharisees say to him, are you also of Galilee? And um, I love that thought of, do you come from where he comes from? And a little bit you just want to be like, yeah, <laughs> I am. I want to be from Galilee. That's right. who I want to be. And then the next two, the next three words in 52 right after, are you also, it's supposed to be an insult, right? To Nicodemus, are you of that Galilee? They're kind of backwoods mm -hmm. people, is what they're considered. Mm -hmm. Like, so you've been tricked with the rest of them. And then I love it says, "Search and look," and that is the quest and the journey quest. I all of a sudden we're <laughs> it's fine. Zelda. It'll be excited. Um, search and look. That's the journey that all of us are on. Who is he? Well, search and look. Listen to Nicodemus's request. Listen to his words mm -hmm. and watch his works and decide for yourself. So let's take a look at the yeah, We love stories. this first story. Chapter eight is where we're gonna be. So um, John chapter eight. Yep, just um, starting at the very beginning. Okay, um, Jesus has gone into the temple for a teaching and um, here's, okay, this is so small you can't even see this. You should look up a picture of what the temple at Jesus's time looked like. But there was the part that the priests would offer the sacrifices in. And right outside of that was um, called the court of the women. So they might be able to um, see. If you yeah, maybe show. you can see that in here. And this is where a lot of Jesus' um, teaching would have gone on. And he's in there teaching with the people. Um, there is a Bible video for this, by the way, that you might want to watch. I would suggest telling the story first. Mm -hmm. And then watching the video because there's a couple things that I think you'll want to look for or have the members of your group or family look for before, you know, before you watch it. Before you read it. Um, yeah. But, um, I mean, no, no, no. Watch yeah. the video. Watch read it first, it. then watch it. Um, so while he's in there teaching, verse 3 in chapter 8, the scribes and the Pharisees bring in a woman unto him who's taken in adultery. And they set her right in the middle. 
So there would have been a crowd of people that were there. Um, this woman is taken in adultery, they say, in the very act, verse 4. So she is probably brought in with not, um, not very much on an embarrassing situation. And she's brought right into the middle of the Jerusalem branch. And imagine um, sacrament meeting and, and, and somebody drags a kid up to the front uh, of the meeting and announces one of uh, his sins. Like this boy, we just caught him out there, you know, enlisting whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is a sin that would have been um, it's extra private. And so it's extra like embarrassing for her. And they try and set him up and they try to set him up to trick him because they say Moses commanded in the law that she should be stoned to death for the crime of adultery. But you've been teaching um, mercy and forgiveness and grace. And so they're trying to pit the crowd against him and get him trapped into a corner. What sayest thou? What are you going to do about it? So just imagine being there and this woman is brought in and and they ask him these two questions to try and trick him. And then Jesus does one of the strangest things that he does, in my opinion, in, in the scriptures. And it says that he stoops down and with his finger, he starts to write in the ground as though he heard them not. So could you imagine? Everyone's like, all eyes are on him. And all of a sudden, he just, you know, I guess I can't go down all the way. <laughs> but he just bends all the way down and just starts drawing in into the dirt on, on the floor. And they are like, what's happening? What are you doing? Like, we just asked you a question. Like, what in the world? What is he doing? And then he stands back up, it says to talk to them. And he says that awesome line in verse seven, he who's without sin among you, you first cast a stone at her, right? And then that convicts everybody and he stoops back down again and he writes in the ground and doesn't look at them. And then they are convicted of their conscience and then they leave them alone. And it's just him and the woman and she's now standing up, and it says again in verse 10, Jesus lifted himself up and, and then says to the woman, uh, where are your accusers? Has anyone condemned you? And she said, no, man, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn thee. Go thy way and sin no more. Now, Bible scholars have argued about what he wrote in the sand for years and years and years, right? But I don't think that's the point. But what is the point? I think John would have told us what he actually wrote there on the on the temple floor. And um, but I want you to think about this for a second. When that woman gets dragged into the temple and thrown onto the ground, where is everybody looking? And who are they thinking about? And who are they judging? And who are they condemning? Um, it's all on her. When Jesus stoops down on the ground and starts writing in the sand and does that really weird thing, he shifts all the attention off of her and puts it all onto himself. All the shame, all the daggers, all the accusations, and brings them off of her and right onto him, which is so typical of his nature. That's what he came to do on Calvary's cross, was to take on him all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of the accusations of the adversary against us, and to take that on him. And then he stands up to address all of them. And then I love on the second time he stoops back down again. And I think this time to be down there with her. Right on his level. And once everybody's gone and out of the temple. And it can just be one on one. He lifts her up with him. 
And then they have that conversation about has anyone condemned you? It's so interesting because two of the most powerful lessons in this story don't come with words, right? They come by actions. And it's as we watch what Jesus does in that moment that in one moment, he's just taking all of that um, humility away or humiliation. humiliation away from her and bringing it onto himself but also the fact that he meets her where she is he meets her at her level he goes to just where she is and what she's going through and and it's almost as if he's saying i'll do this with you i'll be here with you right. in this and she's there broken and 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 in the dirt and and i love that he puts his hand into the dirt to write Almost as a sign, it's like, I will be in that mess with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come into the dirt and be there with you. And I, I love that he, they bring her in and, there are, and there's a commotion. Mm -hmm. And it would have brought a crowd over. And there's accusations and there's anger and it's fast paced and it's moving. And I love how Jesus just slows it down. Mm -hmm. And he just says, we're not doing this at that pace. We're doing it at mine a more gentle, a more thorough pace, and he slows it down. And the only person who was in that crowd who had the authority to get, to condemn her doesn't. Um, he forgives. So I, yeah, I love, I love that. it. And one of my favorite things about this is it is one of the most beautiful object lessons on grace in the entire scriptures. That a lot of times we talk about there's something we have to do in order for grace to work in our life. And what I believe about grace is Jesus will meet us where we are, as we are. Um, he will come into our stories. You think about this woman and what, what did this woman do to qualify for grace? She was caught in the very act. And that did not disqualify her from receiving his enabling strength, that power that would lift and change her, that, that invitation was given right to her in that or, moment or even his tenderness he doesn't wait for her to be clean or sorrow maybe she is sorrowful i don't know but like he offers a tender moment to her a one-on-one -on -one tenderness immediately with, yeah with her Just doing immediately and i love that we learn that is the character of christ it is to extend that grace and that love and that forgiveness in the very moment right and and this is probably the last place in the world that woman thought she wanted to be was in the temple, past the recommend desk, mm -hmm. with Jesus standing right there. Yeah. Especially with the way she was feeling. And what we need to learn about Jesus is that's exactly when we need to go to him. When we're broken, when we mm -hmm. feel shame. Um, we don't wait until that's gone. Like, uh, it's, it was that same story with Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. remember, in, in the yeah. beginning in Genesis, when they run and they hide from him. They understood something wrong about him if they were going to hide from him. If they knew who he really was, they wouldn't have run in shame and tried to cover it up. Yep, we need to trust in those moments he's going to meet us there where we are and just open our hearts wide enough to allow the lifting process and the forgiving process and that healing process to begin in us and begin to propel us forward. So remember, this is a, a kind of a case study of the question was, who is Jesus? And the answer was, listen to his words and watch his works. That woman learned on that day who he was. He preached a sermon in the way that he treated her. And she, and she started learning. So the next story 
Do oh. you, I know. Don't you want to just do this? Uh, I know. Like, oh, what a yes, story. So okay. Good. The next story isn't going to be another really, really good story. This is going to be in um, nine. One chapter over. One chapter over. John chapter nine. It's a story we are so familiar with. We usually focus on the first part. We don't always go to the end of the story. And the best part of the story is the end of this story. So this is the blind man who was blind since birth. You remember what happens. The disciples ask him, Master, who did sin, that this man or his parents? Um, because why was he born blind? And the tradition in those days were, if there was a disability of some sort, it came um, as a repercussion, as something either that person had done or their parents had done. And, and, I, and it's cool that it's the disciples asking, because mm -hmm. even they don't know. Yeah, even they right? don't understand. They're confused about some of the inequalities of life that we are. Yep. too sometimes and I love his answer where he's gonna go with this because sometimes we do ask those questions like why did this happen why did that happen to them why is this happening to me do, is there a lesson I need to learn is there something that needs to happen it, it just is human nature to ask those questions and I love what Jesus answer is he says this neither has this man sinned nor his parents and then here is one of the best lessons of all time this has happened that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And we're about to watch the work of God, right? That's what, that's what people have been asking about. They wanna see the works of God. Well, we're about to walk through that process. And so um, he's gonna do his work. And he begins by saying, I am the light of the world. And then when he had spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay and then he sends him to go wash in the pool. And he goes away and he washes in that pool of healing. And, and then that's where we usually end this story. But the best part of the story is what is about to happen because the first people who notice he's been healed are the neighbors. And they come and, and they start asking each other, isn't this the man who was begging on the streets? Because and, and he's been there for so long. For right? so long, his whole entire life. And some are like, yes, it's him. And other people are like, no. It's someone who looks like him. It's and he's him. standing right there. They thought he was deaf instead of blind. Yes. He's like standing right there yes. while and they're talking he's about like, him. Wait a minute. I'm <laughs> him. Ask it's me. me. And so they say to him, who, who did this? How did your eyes get opened? And he says in verse 11, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and then told me to go and wash. Okay. Now what we want you to do is watch the process of what happens in this blind man's heart. And we're going to let you look just right here. So in verse 11, the people ask, who is it? Who is it that did this to you? And the very first thing he says is, it was a man called Jesus. That's who it was. And then the Pharisees come and they um, ask the same thing. How did you get your sight back? And he says, tells them about Jesus and he put clay on my eyes and then I washed and now I see. Just goes through that same process again. And they said to the blind man, what do you say about him? that opened your eyes, like, who do you say he is? Right, because remember a couple of chapters back, that's the talk on the yeah. street during this piece. Everybody's time. asking. It's like, who is he? Yeah, so, who is he? sir? And so now he's like, in his, mind, in his mind, he starts thinking, well, maybe he's more than just a man called Jesus. Now these guys are asking me about it. So I'm gonna say in verse 17, he's a prophet. It, it, he has to be right. something a more prophet. Than something a, more than just a man. A man. And then they go to his parents and they say, you tell us who the man is. And it's so interesting in verse 21, they say, by what means he now see, we know not. 
You go ask him. Right. Let him speak for himself. Why? Because if they claim that Jesus is who Jesus is, they are going to get kicked out of their synagogue. They're, that's their life, right? That's the place where they it's go. Their community, that's their community. Their salvation yeah, would their have been people, on the line in their eyes. They're yeah. not willing to give that up. Even for the health of their son, they are not willing to give that up. So they say, you go and, and ask him. And then you learn all that that we just said in 22, like why they were afraid. And here's your favorite answer. part. You say your favorite verse, uh, verse 25. Oh. Because then they come to him. And he's just like, okay. In 24. You give God the praise, only we know that that man who came to you is a sinner. And, and he says back, look, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know is I was blind and now I can see. Right? Like, I, I don't care what y'all think about him. But what I know is this. Like, what you... <laughs> You Earlier this morning, yeah, call him what you, you want, but this morning want. I could not see until he put mud on my eyes, and now I can. So, call him whatever you want. And it's almost as if it's in this chance of him reliving the experience and, experience and thinking about the way he felt maybe that he will move now. Mm -hmm. um, if you look ahead to verse 33. Yep, and I love when he says, so here's going to come the next answer. Um, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing, right? You call him a sinner if you want, but I'm telling you, if this man wasn't of God, he couldn't do anything. And now the last person is going to come to the blind man. And um, in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, and let's just remember how much we love that lesson again, right? Here is a man who has been cast out. He no longer has a community. He no longer has family. He no longer has anyone. And what does Jesus do? What is the character of Christ? When he hears he's been cast out, he goes, he goes to and find he finds him. him. And when he finds him, where he is, um, he, he says to him, do you believe on the Son of God? And the man answered and said, who is he, Lord? Right? Again, who is he that I might believe? And um, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and he talketh with thee. Do you remember the two things at the very beginning in John seven fifty two? Search and look. look. And, yeah. and here's what he's going to say. Jesus says to him, You have both seen him, and it is he that is talking to you. And then you love in verse 38. It's the last thing he calls him. And I is. love this. I've never thought about this before. That I love that he says... Um, who, where is he and who is he? And he just says, you are looking at him. Mm -hmm. And that is so powerful because he couldn't he's see the reason that, that he could look at him. Yeah. You know, I love so that he awesome. chooses that first. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's me. It's like, it's the one you can now see. You know, that's yeah. really Oh, neat. that's so powerful. It's so good. And then he answers in that moment, Lord, I believe. Right? And we've watched this man go through this process. What Jesus invited everybody to do at the very beginning, this man now goes through that whole process of he, he was a man named Jesus, and then maybe he was a prophet. I know he is of God, and then he gets to the very end, Lord, I believe. And that's what happens to each of us. Right. Um, the Lord's going to meet us where we are, as we are. Come and, and find us if he needs to. He's going to bring the healing He's going to bring the forgiveness. He's going to bring whatever it is we need in our story in that moment. 
And then he is just going to let that story work in us until eventually we get to the point where we can say, just like the blind man did, just like Nicodemus was about to, we don't know what happened with the woman in adultery, but we're going to assume that mm -hmm. all of them left um, and got to the point where they said, Lord, I believe. And it, it wasn't the Lord teaching a thousand people asking questions. It was the Lord going and finding one person. Right. And them, let it, he, them hearing his words individually and seeing his works, not just his general works, right, but the works that they experienced in their own life and mm -hmm. in their own story. Um, and, and if we go one over one chapter over to John chapter 10, this is where he actually gives some teachings that a lot of us are familiar with on him being the good shepherd. But I like that it happens right after these and almost in response to these questions because he's like, my ministry will be a shepherd sheep relationship and ministry. Like this is the, this is the type of, relationship I'm both looking for and that you can expect, you know, from me. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, you on, on your thing, you have, um, just in this chapter, you just want to look, you know, um, the selection of verses to see like, what do you learn about a shepherd sheep kind of relationship and the one liners that are in there about that. And it's a great time to kind of talk about that name of Jesus as the shepherd and how it's so fitting for him. And also how we see him as a shepherd in our lives, too. And what does that look like? Um, I love when we read, and he says right at the very beginning, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And it reminds me of a time many, many years ago when I was young. Our family raised sheep, just a little flock of sheep, seven. And, <laughs> it was um, good to be a herd. Yeah, it was good to be a flock. <laughs> it's just a little. And they, um, I don't know. flock? It's a flock of flock. sheep. Flock, okay. Yes. Is it also birds, flock? Yes. Okay. We're going to okay. talk about sheep. Sheep, sorry. Yes. And um, so when you have a little flock like that, they generally will pick a leader of the flock that is just kind of in charge of them. Ours was a lamb by the name of Big Mama. Isn't that a good name for the leader? It's also my great-grandma's name. Oh, so his great-grandma <laughs> and Big Mama. She was in charge of our flock of sheep. They just went wherever Big Mama went. And the beauty was my dad and Big Mama loved each other. <laughs> they, he would come out to the field where our sheep were, and um, he would bath like you do. If you've ever raised sheep, you know you walk out with a bucket of oats and you make the noise that sounds like, Meh, meh, like that, okay? That's what most people do, to see. I raise sheep. really real. I raise sheep, so I know what to do. Um, the problem is something was wrong with Big Mama's vocal cords, and so her mad did not sound like that. It sounded like, have you ever drunk a big can of root beer? That contest that you have, you drink it as fast as you can, and then as soon as you're done, you burp for a really long time. That is exactly what she sounded like. Exactly. Let's hear that one. No, I can't do it. We had to invite my dad over. My dad could make that exact noise. They would talk to each other from clear the whole field, and she would come running from wherever she was to find my dad. That is how much she loved him. Well, one day my dad came and woke me up early in the morning, and the sheep had gone missing, which is what sheep sometimes do. That's what um, sheep always do. We looked at the back of the Listen, field. Listen, it's not complimentary for Jesus to call us sheep. Let's just say that right now. <laughs> okay. It's like they're not the smartest they creatures. They snuck out under the irrigation ditch and clear down from us, like a mile away, there was a farmer who was a real life farmer of sheep. He had a herd 
you can call his a herd. Oh, okay. He had a great big, big like flock. thousands. And so my dad was like, I bet ours got in there. So we got in our truck and we drove down. We knocked on the farmer's door who we've never met before. And my dad said, I think you have some of my sheep. And the farmer said, well, are your sheep marked? And my dad was like, no, who marks seven sheep? No one, we don't even have a brand. And the man was like, well, I'm not just giving you seven of my sheep. Um, so no, you can't have your sheep. And, and my dad said, well, I'll know which ones are mine. And you love this farmer looking out at his backyard at 1,000 white <laughs> sheep with black faces. And then he says to my dad, how will you know? And my dad says, just so confident, oh, my sheep come when I call. And then the man gets this look on his face like, this I got to see, right? So he walks out with my dad. It just gets better, everyone, because my dad climbs up on the back of the tailgate of that truck, and then he starts making that noise, you know, the noise. Just do it. I can't. And the man, seriously, the man is looking at my dad like, uh, what should we do right now? And my dad's making that noise. Nothing's happening. It's just silence. The sheep are just eating. And then my dad makes that noise again. And then it gets to the point where the farmer is going to go in and call the police. Like you can tell on his face that is what's about to happen. And my dad makes the noise one more time. And from the very back corner, you hear the noise. And then my dad does it again. And there comes the answer. And before you know it, here comes Big Mama just running for all she's worth. And six other sheep running right behind her, just right behind her. And the man is like flabbergasted. He is astounded that that has just happened. In fact, he was so impressed with my dad, he helped us load all seven sheep into the back of our truck. With no words. With no words. And we just drove home with our sheep and fixed the gate. But every time I read that, um, the sheep, um, he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out, and they know his voice. A stranger they won't follow, but they will follow that shepherd. And um, every time I read it, I just think about my dad, and it really was true. Those lambs knew exactly who their shepherd was, mm. and that's what he wants us to know. Um, at the end of this chapter... Well, and it's really powerful, too, that... That doesn't happen right when you get a sheep or right when it's born. That just like the invitation that came at the very beginning mm -hmm. was, listen to my voice and watch my works. Why would Big Mama come and respond to that voice? Well, because he knows that is a voice that's going to care for him. That's a voice that's going to tend to her needs. It's a voice that's going to... Bring oats. Right. Who doesn't want the... oats? Everybody does. <laughs> I just want some of those Bring the good things. You know, so the sheep have learned that over time, that that is a voice that they can now, they can now trust and they can listen mm -hmm. to and, and what's going to come from it. Yeah, it's so good. We love it as you get to um, the end of 10 in verse 24, and it's just going to bring us full circle back to right where we started. Um, then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, how long will you make us doubt? If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the same group who's been asking this whole time, and this woman has been forgiven, and this man has been healed. And um, and he's usually a little cryptic in his answers, yeah, right? All those things are happening. Because he knows if I say it, you know, I'm in trouble. Because yeah. that's going to be the crime that actually he'll go to trial for, is claiming to be the, the Christ. But mm -hmm. So like, just tell us if you are the Christ or not. And, and then his answer 25. Yeah. yeah. And he said, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. 
So I love that he says, I told you. And they would be like, no, you didn't. And then he answers what he knows they're going to ask and says, the works I do, those bear witness of who I am and whose I am, right? That I was sent from the Father. And again, I, I love that it's, it's with the people that we saw, the woman in adultery and the blind man, that it is the works that you see happen in your individual life. Like that is the witness of when I've seen him in my story that he really is not just a man, not just a prophet, not just of God, but the very God of heaven himself. That when we see him move and work, when we see him meet us in our, we're in the dirt, mm -hmm. in our places, and we feel forgiveness and we feel grace and we feel strength and we see things that we've never seen before and our whole world changes because of mm -hmm. our interactions with him. Then we can say, this is Jesus. This is him. Yeah. Right? So good. So. Okay, that's all for this week. Okay, we'll see you we'll guys next, next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.